Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Lance, producer and host over at The Night Nerd. You can find us everywhere just as The Night Nerd. And that you will. You'll find a plethora of content and a welcoming website that's there to give you a smile and a wave as you trudge on through the internet. Today we're talking about minute number 127 of Suicide Squad. And the minute's going to start out with um, pretty much the ending of the stylized credits with uh, David Ayer's credit there. And it's going to end with a little bit of this end credit scene. little stinger that we got. Yeah, which we didn't really get. We, it's our first one, <laughs> our first little end. Oh, credit. this is our first end, end credit scene. Yeah, yeah. for doing these uh, little minute by minute things. And what an end credit scene it is! Yeah, and this is—I don't remember watching this. You ever seen this? I feel like I did, but I don't remember watching it. <laughs> Lance, what are your first impressions of this scene? Um, Ben Affleck. I mean, it's yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. You can do no wrong. It's I well before the scene though I think it's interesting that the last thing we hear is Leto's laugh mm-hmm. like especially after the conversation we had on yesterday's show you know about his role question mark in the movie that they end with that you know, I don't know if that's supposed to be kind of an ominous tease or or what but then yeah we get this awesome scene with Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne who we've already. Uh, were introduced at the top of the show, the first of the movie, and a few times throughout. And he's sitting there talking to Waller about how he can keep a secret, which we know is kind of a, a nudge to, well, he's Batman. And as, as we'll see in a minute, you know, she kind of rained on his parade on that. But I do like how he says, you're under my protection. Mm-hmm. Because what people people think that that's a big thing okay you're you're under batman's protection but if you look at his track record that's not the safest place to be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's more of the comic book side of things but even in this universe you know we've seen in uh, last season on your show when we did the scene where he's in his bat cave basement thing and we see the Robin suit that's all jacked up. So we've already established in this universe that Bruce Wayne's protection doesn't mean a whole whole lot. Even in Dawn of Justice, you know, that one he had that ex employee that worked for Bruce Wayne but obviously didn't work out too well for for him. And I think it's can I say pissing contest on yeah. this show? Yeah, yeah can why I say not? That? Okay. Because, you know, this is kind of one of those, what happens when, an, uh, what is it, immovable object and an unstoppable force mm-hmm. meet. Mm-hmm. And there's been some great moments between these two, like in the Justice League Unlimited animated series. They get some awesome, awesome scenes together. And this, in my mind, kind of continues that, where there's, they both know all of each other's secrets and... They both kind of need each other, but they don't want to admit they need each other, and they don't want to admit that they're 
kind of the same person. So even though it's a really short scene, I feel like there's a lot going on in it. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. That there, there's a more, there's a lot more going on than you know, because like the comic book nerds in us go, oh, it's a Batman, Amanda Waller scene. Like that's iconic. We've seen that before. It's great that they're doing it again. But at the same time, this is kind of the first time that they're really meeting in this shared universe because what it really is is government employee talking to rich billionaire person, which vigilante. It, well, no, they well. Yes, but Batman, when he's saying you're under my protection now, it's Bruce Wayne saying... It's Bruce Wayne protection. It's Bruce Wayne because he doesn't know that she knows he's Batman, right? And so it's more... Yes, we think of it as Amanda Waller and Batman, but it's really federal government person and billionaire person. Conglomerate guy. Which in today's political climate, this is stuff that really happens. Mm -hmm. And so like... This is how we should be perceiving the film, or this scene, rather. But we're so caught up going, like, oh, it's a Batman-Amanda Waller scene, which is also very cool because it's, like, it wouldn't be, like, if you're putting Amanda Waller in live-action film, like, to have a Batman moment is is fan service in, in, in a good way, in a way that we go, yeah, of course, they're like, you're going to have Batman and Amanda Waller in, in this movie, and they're not going to meet up, like, that's when this end credit shows up all of a sudden and you go, Oh, they th like, this is it. This is the moment where like, they have some like information, like conversation. And, uh, it's, it's cool that they do that, but it's like, we also have to remember that this is the start of it. This is the moment where she's going to like try to not only one up the super villains, but also one up the superheroes. So mm -hmm. it is just very interesting. Like there's so much going on here for the first time. Well, and I also I want to ask you guys, there's a lot of talk out there that Amanda Waller is the villain of this movie. Like, at the end of the day, she's the bad guy. And I kind of get on board with that, you know, uh, because of her selfish uh, actions and the way she forms a squad and puts the squad in danger and everything she does. And I think this scene just proves it because... Even if it's, whether it's Amanda Waller and billionaire private citizen or Amanda Waller and vigilante, she's handing over government secrets. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, and I think that just furthers her corruption and evil. And Amanda Waller's just not a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we both agree. I mean... We talked about how she was, like, the <laughs> the aftermath of Dawn of Justice. It's, like she is the most successful out of everything that happened. Superman is gone, so she's allowed to basically take any metahuman and say, this is the next Superman. Like, this is the next team. Like, Luthor's out of the picture, so, like, his whole metahuman project is, like, he's... Up, up for grabs, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, and so, like, there's no superheroes, there's no supervillains, there's just Amanda Waller with power, and she she basically calls the shots because she's saying that I will create the next uh, Earth self-defense force type of scenario. So it's like she went out of out of all the people in Dawn of Justice. It's like she's the one who, who really wins. And, and what she decides to do with that is for her own personal power. Mm -hmm. And I'm really liking now in my older than 16 age, um, 
17. <laughs> I really enjoy just um, a dialogue between two characters, especially, I mean, like, we always go back to, like, you know, I want more politics in movies, and not, like, governmental politics, but, like, things where it's, like, an establishment talking to a private citizen, like this. Or uh, you look at Civil War, when it's, like, the Sokovia Accords, stuff like that. Them sitting at a table, when it's, like, this. these are superheroes, guys. This is Captain America getting handed a booklet about rules and regulation and stuff. Give me more of that. I want more space politics. Uh, Shin Godzilla. 90% of that movie is politics. Love it. Mm-hmm. I want more of that. And, like, a scene like this, it's it's quenching my thirst. Yeah. Um, even take it back to the beginning of the movie, when Viola's giving all the plans to the U.S. officials and the war room and all that stuff like that. Um, that's just great. Yeah, you get a little bit of an action s- sequence with uh, Enchantress kind of tra- uh, teleporting, poof, poof, kind of thing. But if you just have these group of people sitting down and talking about the future of metahumans and talking about them as assets, that's great. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, I think one of the best parts of uh, Endgame, sorry, it's just a very fresh film still, but yeah. uh, one of the best parts of Endgame was just being like, what do we do now that half our population is gone? Like, mm-hmm. And it's five years later and there's not that many superheroes to help protect the Earth and it's like we're trying our best, but... Some of them don't even work on the planet. They work in other sectors in space. And it's like, like, what are we doing now? And it's it's kind of a struggle. But at the same time, it's kind of like a defeated kind of meandering of, of trying to be a hero. And so it's like that where it's like we slow it down to have these conversations that are more important than when is Captain America going to pick up that hammer? It's like that's that's just fan service. Mm-hmm. So I need I, I want more fleshed out dialogue. I want more things where I can sit down and, and, and listen to their conversation and actually pick it apart and s- feel like, yeah, that's things they would say when, yeah. when you're sitting across from Batman. Yeah, like we had um, like we'd have like a conversation between uh, Steve Rogers and, and Black Widow, but they're not talking about what do we do against Thanos? It's more of like how you feeling and how mm-hmm. like how like how's life and like how are you coping kind of thing and so i think that's very important there's one that they don't they don't that doesn't get mentioned too much and i believe it was in um again marvel movie ant-man and wasp there's a section where they're trying to determine where all of hank pym's studies and his technology the suit and all these things like where they're gonna go and the government seizes them and it's like yeah no that's right that hap- that would happen yeah and it's, it's <laughs> like you get like those real hard stops of just like big government workers coming in and, and just taking over. And uh, well, in uh, Spider-Man, you know, the whole the vulture setup is mm-hmm. he was cleaning up New York. And yeah. Then yeah. The, they came in and took over. Yeah. I just love those things. Well, and from a story point of view, they serve a lot of purposes. One, you know, you're slow. Like you said, you kind of slow down the movie for a second and give it gives it time to breathe. Two, it's a great time for an exposition dump, like mm-hmm. the sciency talk or the plot talk that you need to go out. And three, and it's something we kind of hit on uh, last episode, was it humanizes. You know, like you said, when they're talking about, oh hey, do you want this sandwich or stuff? It's like, hey, I eat sandwiches. So mm-hmm. if Captain America eats sandwiches, that must mean he's a good guy. Yeah, no, and, it, it's simple, but yeah, you're absolutely right. But so able, you know. That's why little scenes like this, like, even though it's a short scene, 
and a lot doesn't happen, a lot happens. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you sit down and look at it like like we're doing, you know, you you get into the politic play, you get into the government and privatized, you get into the who is the true villain here, you get into Bruce Wayne's ethics, you, so many little things, and just uh, you know a minute long scene, and it's it's actually really impressive that they're able to put all that in one little box. Mm-hmm. It really is. So let's talk about what's happening in this scene. Bruce Wayne is sitting across from um, Amanda Waller. Mm-hmm. It's nighttime. It's raining. Good noir esque. Yeah, <laughs> I totally. For- yeah, you like you kind of forget sometimes how rain in a scene can really give that mm-hmm. like little Batman Gotham noir feel. Yeah. Um, and then they're pretty much discussing. Um, like, I mean, they're trying to just, Lance, you call it a pissing contest, which I believe is very accurate, because it's, it's these two superpowers, Amanda and Bruce, sitting here, where they have the full extent of their armory or whatever resources, you want, resources uh, available to them, and they both want something from each other. Um, we don't really get to hear what Amanda wants from Bruce in this minute, but we do end up seeing what Bruce wants, and that will ultimately form the basis of you know the justice league movie um but it's coming off of the heels of our dawn of justice viewing so it's kind of reiterating the fact that bruce is still looking for the metahumans and he's just what one step closer to to setting up meetings i mean like they all at at least just like talking about wonder woman because she's still alive he met up with wonder woman they fought Doomsday, and I guess it's assumed they just went their separate ways. They didn't have a conversation of, hey, where'd you get that shield? Hey, where's this armor from? Hey, where are you from? Yet. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So this involves Bruce to need to dig deeper. So Amanda Waller is obviously the choice to go to. Um, he ends up getting this little dossier, top secret little packet, and he flips through it, and we do see Wonder Woman and... Um, Barry, yeah? I think we see... We, let me see. We see Harley. We see Harley and, and Barry? S- well, we start to see Barry, yeah. Okay. I didn't know we saw Harley. I, th- I thought it was Wonder Woman. I'm going to have to take a quick look Oh, no, here. it's a... It's a it's Enchantress. Enchantress. But it's incarceration photos, right? The the first one is... Barry's is a, like a Security. CCTV. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he can't get caught. What are you talking well, about? <laughs> see, that was my thing. I was like... Did he get arrested at some no, point? <laughs> no, no way. Yeah. Um, I think another thing Bruce is trying to do here, you know, y'all mentioned with that void left by Superman and Lex and everything, and Amanda's trying to create this new meta frontier, this meta front line. Mm-hmm. I think Bruce is doing the same. I mean, we know he's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But again, it goes to how they're going about it because they I believe at the end of the day they both kind of want the the same thing you know they want somebody that can stop Superman if they need to yeah but just their ways of going about it are completely different and they really are I know I keep mentioning it but they're two sides of the same coin you know Amanda's going to do it in a selfish greedy I'm going to put a bomb in your head way and Bruce is hey I'm Batman you need to team up with me yeah Mm -hmm. um it's 
in in the context of a shared universe and like the the roadmap we kind of had leading to apocalypse returning to earth to you know conquer it once more um this shared universe to me this was the whole point of suicide squad being part of this puzzle where it was you know the first film superman exists uh he's in mankind is introduced to superman and then the next film is superman inspires other superheroes to that that they need to unite to help protect this world from other alien forces that are going to try to attack it but then superman dies and is out of the picture now it's a space race for who can create justice league first and so suicide squad is a failed attempt at justice league it is them trying to you know when they were trying to recreate like these um i want to say like they're just trying to the government's trying to do it first. It's like, okay, metahumans exist. Mm-hmm. We'll make the team. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work because they're like, oh, what if we already use our prison inmates and we make them go into the front line so if they die, we don't lose anything. Mm-hmm. They're and like it, a, the Cosmodog. Yeah, exactly. It's really just like a space race, but they fail. And then Batman's like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it better. And that's Justice League. Mm-hmm. And so I've always thought of Suicide Squad as the failed justice league in terms of like that's supposed to happen it's supposed to show that other people are trying to do it as well and it's not because it's not wonder woman because it's not aquaman like this is the reason that this team exists and not any other combination of superheroes so it just like in my mind this scene was like somewhat the validation of why this movie exists in like why are if i'm watching this dc cinematic universe films why would I need to watch Suicide Squad? It's like, mm-hmm. because you want to see... The failure. You want to see why other teams can't do it. Yeah. So do you think Amanda realizes she failed and that's why she's handing these files over? I think it's a mutu- mutually beneficial thing that's happening in this room right now. I don't know if... I don't, uh, I don't know if I can say that Amanda thinks she failed because that's putting fault in the character's mind that I don't think exists. I don't think Amanda Waller thinks she can fail. I think that, you know, the things that she did didn't work out. I don't know if she actually sees them as a failure. Because um, at, at, at first, I mean, it was, it was supposed to fail to begin with. You know, they're called the Suicide Squad. So anything other than them dying and, and not stopping the big baddie, it just kind of makes sense for it. Um, so, and then Bruce sees the same thing. I mean, he sees it as, look, you tried to put together a team of metahumans, um, and it failed. So now it's my turn to do it. I think Bruce is just more, um, stubborn and headstrong to the fact that it's, I mean, it's Bruce Wayne. It's, it's the, go back to the character where it's like, no, I can do it. I can do this. I can do it better than anybody else. I'm Batman. And it's that mindset. I think Amanda Waller has that same mindset. But it's just slightly different. And whereas I think so, like, if Batman thinks that he can fail, mm-hmm. which I, I think it's shown in Justice League, it's the second guessing of the creation of the team where it's like, I don't know if we can do this, especially not without Superman. He definitely thinks that failure is an option in that moment. 
but I don't think Amanda ever thinks that failure is an option. I think she thinks that I'm going to kill everybody else before this fails. The only other thing I want to add to that, because I complete, I, I agree completely, but I think the only other thing I want to add is that with the Suicide Squad, she had leverage for them. She had the leverage of, you know, they're already in prison. We already own them. We can put bombs in their neck. She can't. And we can blame it on them. She doesn't have that leverage with the other metahumans that Batman wants to recruit. Like, she can't go up to Wonder Woman, Flash, or Aquaman and be like, hey, you're going to work for me now. Also put this bomb in your neck. Like, it's just not going to happen. But is that because they're, quote, good guys? Yeah. There's nothing she has that, like, her whole thing was that she had leverage. You don't have leverage over Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's not going to be like... I'm not doing that. But does she have leverage over Bruce Wayne? We find out in the next scene. Yeah, we find out in the next probably scene. Probably does. Probably. But, um, yeah, so it's like, I think, I mean, they saw it as, it, it, the good space race analogy is pretty dang good because they saw an opportunity and they both they both raced towards whatever their end goal was. Mm-hmm. For Bruce, it was finding the heroes and finding the good-hearted people like myself that can actually tackle these, you know, problems and amanda it was find the rejects that we can essentially blame everything on if something goes wrong look they're villains anyway they're supposed to be in jail what's the difference if you send a group of villains to stop a villain and they either a all team up against the world or b everybody dies no matter what if they win they're going back to jail like they're they're the villains they did it yeah it's a prison system Mm mm-hmm that's how it works. It is a bit of a poker game, um, and and I'll get into more of that uh, tomorrow when we see the rest of the scene. But it's the the decision they made for creating their team is a space race. But this the decision they have made to work with each other is a poker game. Mm-hmm. Like why are they allowing each other to know things about themselves? Yeah. and I know that there was um, I think probably like last year. Um, Batman was a part of the Suicide Squad for a little bit. There was a run there, um, and I don't know. I remember them. That I remember the panels of him doing the same thing, sitting at Amanda Waller's desk and and them talking and everything like that. Um, but it was he was in you know full Batman garb and everything like that. So I don't know what that dialogue was between the two characters. I'm curious if it mirrors anything like that. Um, You're talking about Rebirth Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. It happened later on when. Batman was on it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they did that uh, weird crossover with Justice League of America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I read it, but I don't remember it. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't I don't know what the dialogue between Amanda and Bruce was, but it's not the first time that they've... I'm pretty sure in the animated series, Justice League animated series, um, Amanda and Bruce had like a... Hey, we know, you know, we we know what you're doing and you're Bruce Wayne kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that happened. So it's happened so many times that I, it just all blends together. Yeah, it really does. Like I'll be th- like in my head, I'm thinking of a specific animated Amanda Waller Batman scene. And I kid you not, I cannot name what series it is because I could I'm just like, it's one of those series. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's. At some point, it had happened multiple times, and it's all blended together. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so in so Justice League uh, Unlimited, you know, they eventually kind of become friends to the point where she joins his mission and realizes the world needs a Batman, and she's the one that creates 
Terry McGinnis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, she implants Bruce's DNA and it overrides Terry's real dad's DNA. And mm-hmm. She sends the phantasm to kill Terry's parents because the world needs a Batman. And that's something that, you know, they didn't start off at, but they ended up there. Mm-hmm. And so, the, yeah, it's one of those, I think they both, by, by the time it's all said and done, they do realize that they need each other. And I think here we're just kind of seeing the the start of that. Yeah. So my question is, is there really a difference? I mean, what this scene is doing right now, it's not doing anything new that DC fans haven't seen. It's Amanda Waller and Bruce Wayne talking. That's been done. We've seen it. Yada, yada, yada. So is this scene really that powerful? I guess it is in the cinematic universe sense. Where it's like, okay, at least in this universe, Amanda Waller knows Bruce is Batman, and they're both kind of on the same page with the creation of the team thing. But it's not something new that we're getting. Well, she, I think what this is, since this is the first uh, the first stinger we get in DC, I, in my mind, it's uh, trying to be like the first stinger we got in Marvel at the end of yeah, Iron Man, yeah. where Nick Fury walks out of the shadows, and he's like, I want to talk to you about Avengers. Mm-hmm. Here, this is very clearly... I want to talk to you about Justice League yeah. without saying it. So, and it may not be, I may be reading too much. It may not be that big of a copy, but in my mind, that's kind of where it is and where it's at. And I think they're trying to do that, but in their own way. And as much as we talked about, there's a lot going on in this scene. There's not, I mean, depending how you approach it, this is either a really important scene or just a fan service scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I think it I think it's equally both. <laughs> yeah, I think it's why it works so well. Um, but it, you know, it is it, the roadmap was pointed to Justice League for these first five films, like this whole first phase of the DC Cinematic Universe. It was pretty much like we're on our way to Justice League. Oh, you got the you got all the all the stops planned out. Yeah, and it was the and, and then with Suicide Squad, with the movie finished, it was like okay, this is part of the shared universe. How? And then it's like insert. Bruce Wayne scene mm-hmm. and it's like now I have the documentation and so what I think is is most important about the information being given in this uh, additional scene is the fact that yes he's seen footage of these characters uh, from Lex Luthor but she's giving him like name the address social report, security yeah. like I'm giving you the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, Here's the tests we've done. Here's yeah. the abilities. Here's exactly what they can do. Like, Here is their billing address. Like, mm-hmm. You want to go mail them a letter? Like, Here's exactly where they live to the zip code. Mm-hmm. And it's like she's giving that government documentation to him, printed out, not online. It's just straight here is paper with that information. And I think that's what's so important is that she's given him just the most direct form of information and so it for him to get that it that's that's beyond back computers and hacking and all that this is just uh, like him donning that bruce wayne mask and going into like let's do it let's make a deal and and i think that's what's so powerful about this scene but at the same time it, it does go back to um uh it just that goes back to i'll just wrap it up um that goes back to um, uh, the the point of the shared universe. 
But uh, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you can join us and talk about today's episode or any minute you're uh, catching up on. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for Minute 128 of Suicide Squad. 